Welcome to Monday through Friday's Cellular Agriculture for Pandemic-Free Future. My name is George Ortega, and this is episode number 60, and it's actually um, the last episode of this series, something that I just kind of like realized myself uh, a couple of hours ago. Um, I'm recording on September 28th, 2020 at 7.55 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, I guess in order to explain why I'm ending the series, I wanna explain how this series came to be. Um, back many months ago when this coronavirus pandemic began, I created a series. Initially, the series was titled Talking Oneself through this coronavirus, talking to oneself through this coronavirus um, distancing. And the idea behind that was that, um, that I live alone and, um, and for whatever reasons, um, basically I had kind of like removed myself from some of my friends. I was seeing people less and less often. And I found that just verbalizing my thoughts instead of just silently, um, speaking them helped you know it helped me to, to maintain a positive mood it, you know I, I still believe it's very very effective very powerful um but then like soon after i began that series i realized that um <laughs> that it, you know basically i was going to try to talk to myself on camera and have that be the show i just you know i realized that that wasn't going to work so I, I changed that initial series to weekday coronavirus-driven mind stuff where I essentially just talked about whatever is on my mind. And during that same period, I would host Zoom rooms on happiness. One of my, my second uh, television series on White Plains Community Cable back in 2003 was called The Happiness Show, where I basically researched the evidence, the, the findings, social science findings on happiness, presenting them in a way that, that people could understand and appreciate and utilize. Um, so, um, so right. So, what's happened is that um, just recently I began to um, talk to myself a lot more, you know, and um, and then then just several days ago, it just um, I decided to shift over from rather than talking to myself to talking to God, with God, which you know praying not from a prayer book, but praying from one's heart, from, you know, one's soul, one's mind. And, and I'd been doing that a lot for the last um, week or so, perhaps. I think today I must have spoken with God for it had to have been like two, three, four hours, perhaps. I was, you know, I was walking through, through town, um, actually out, <laughs> outside of town, trying to avoid the congested areas, just basically. And, and I would verbalize this. I would just talk to God as if I was talking to anyone. And, um, and so, so as a result of that, I suppose, because, you know, later I, I got myself, myself um, to wondering, well, you know, this has been 60 episodes I've devoted to, and this, this, it gets a little complicated. All right, let me backtrack a bit. Um, after I did the Happiness Show in 2003 to 2005, I started a new series, excuse me, in 2010, called Exploring the Illusion of Free Will. You can find that on YouTube also. And there's also a book that I published by that same name 
that's soon to, soon to be coming out in an audible audible audiobook if, if you want to um, access that but but that was about this reality that like you know we're not ready to accept yet yeah <laughs> i mean the, the basically like what we do is not up to us and you know i've mentioned this on on this series because like i've tried to make you feel somewhat responsible for what's going on but i didn't want you to feel guilty because like you know my perspective is that um yeah we're, we're, we're mistreating these tens of billions of animals and doing a lot of other things that are not right like ignoring climate change but it's not our fault we are not the captains of our fate we basically are programmed by our genes our conditioning nature nurture most fundamentally by God, by what we do. And, and you know, I can't, you know, so to, to try to explain why God, you know, makes us do things that are wrong, I, I, I can't explain that, I'm sorry. But, but anyway, that, so, so what happened, as a, so I, I maintain that, that, and I defend that perspective, you know, I've, I've mentioned many times that our four top minds, scientific minds in the world, Isaac Newton, Charles Darwin, Sigmund Freud, and Albert Einstein all refuted this notion of free will. And they did it from three scientific, different scientific disciplines, from physics, that was Newton and, and Einstein, and Darwin from biology, and Freud from psychology and neuroscience. So now here's, here's why that's relevant to my deciding to end the show. Um, after 60 episodes, you know, that I began the show on, on July 8th of this year, I realized that, you know, some things it's important to address people directly on, or kind of like indirectly in a certain sense. In other words, like if I'm sitting at a table, the dinner table, and I need some salt, and it's not within my reach, you know, I may ask somebody to pass the salt. I'm addressing, I'm asking something of someone. I'm not asking God to pass me the salt because the salt would never get to me, you know, unless there was a miracle, I don't know. But uh, so, you know, I'm not, there, there are a lot of instances where we have to appeal to, to each other for what we want, what we need, what we think is, is most helpful. Um, but after, after, you know, 60 episodes, I, I guess, you know, God concluded for me, because again, this, you know, what I'm telling you now, th these are not my thoughts. This is God manifesting God's self, God's will through me. And that's what happens with all of us. That, that's what it means to not have a free will. But anyway, God um, had me kind of uh, begin to, to ponder the, um, the possibility. And, and, you know, I have to say, because like, I, I go through the news each day looking for articles connecting factory farming to this pandemic and, and you know, articles about how we're going to prevent future pandemics. And they are so sparse. You know, you can hardly find anything. There was a Time article just recently that, that made the connection, but it was just half-hearted. You know. so, um, so after that, I, you know, I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, um, it seems perhaps I've, I've done this enough. In other, in other words, they're, they're, you know, between people who have seen this in White Plains and surrounding communities, if you get Verizon, you know, Channel 45, and YouTube and the, the iPod, uh, I, um, the um, podcasts on iTunes and Spotify and, and some other platforms, 
you know, I guess I, I felt that um, enough people have um, are familiar with this that that naturally that that the, the, my message, you know, sixty episodes of essentially saying the same thing over and over and over in different ways. Um, I, I, I guess I, you know, I was led to conclude that that was uh, that was as much as I could expect from that strategy. Um, I'm not going to give up on us because uh, it's not my nature to. So, so God had me thinking just um, earlier tonight, a couple of hours ago, an hour ago perhaps, that um, that it's time to end this series and um, and shift from addressing people to addressing God. In other words, like um, that perhaps I should be talking to God a lot every day, you know. Um, asking God to, to make me a better person, to make other people better people, to just, you know, to, to petition God, to, to pray to God um, for what this world needs. And that is basically um, why I've decided to end the series. And so um, I want to, during this last episode, just... Um, I guess say some some thoughts, some ending thoughts. Um, you know, if you want to take the big picture view of this, um, humanity's been around, human beings, you know, in our current incarnation, you know, the human species, whatever, been around for what maybe thirty thousand years, and then they're you know, we've been around as human-like people for perhaps a, a million years or so, I don't know. Um, but um, five million, I think there's like Lucy and then some other fossil remains that I believe are about five million years old, I think. Um, so we've been around, you know, this, this, this actually tiny fragment of time relative to, you know, the eternity that exists going into the past, theoretically, you know, logically at least, and going into the future. And that precedes the Big Bang, that precedes this known universe. So like, you know, if it's any consolation, um, this will end and, and you know, and if, if, if we are manifestations of God, you know, my understanding is that we are God. That, you know, basically, and here's how I reach this. Um, God created this world. And if we want to think of this world as from the Big Bang forward, that's fine we want to think of it, you know, and ultimately, like, to say God created the world maybe may not make complete sense, because if God is eternal, you know, the world has been eternal. And so, like, what I mean to say is, like, before there was this world, this Big Bang, there was presumably only God. So the only matter, the only substance, the only being that existed from which to create this world was God. And that's why I say that, um, that we are God. We're, we're certainly not the part of God that, um, that, that decides anything. You know, we're kind of like, for example, like my hand is a part of me, you know, but it's not the part of me that decides anything. It's my mind. So God is really our mind, our consciousness, and we're manifesting God's will. So, so from that perspective, I imagine that, you know, when humanity will no longer be here, um, 
God willing, we will continue to exist within his consciousness and, and ideally in a better form. You know, ideally our, our, um, our religion's beliefs about an afterlife, um, a better life, a heaven that I believe we would all go to because it would be just supremely unfair for God to compel some of us to do evil and then condemn us to eternal suffering for the evil that we're compelled to do. That's just, you know, beyond wrong. So, so, you know, God willing, we will have this to look forward to. All right, so that's the big picture. Now let's, let's backtrack to where we are now. Um, it's not our fault, and I will continue to, uh, to remind us of this. Uh, and if, again, if you want a better understanding, I've had 216 episodes of my Exploring the, the Illusion of Free Will TV show that are on YouTube. And again, you can check out my book. I've, I've written three books on the topic. Um, so it's not our fault, but notwithstanding, what we need to keep in mind is like God oftentimes, many, very often, because we are blessed in many, many ways, God causes us to do good and God rewards us for this goodness. But, you know, God also causes us to, um, to do evil and we are subsequently punished for that evil. A good example, I think, is, is the evil of American slavery that ended in the Civil War that killed a lot of people on both sides. You know, um, we paid a price for that, um, for that institution, for maintaining that cruelty. And so, again, though this isn't really up to us, we, we're apparently paying the price for what I believe are four, you know, to use an analogy and metaphor, these horsemen of, of our, you know, seeming apocalypse, because it seems our, our, our civilization, our human civilization is descending devolving into who knows what and um and it seems there are four major reasons for this the first of them is what this show has been about um we mistreat over 70 billion farm animals and um and it's no accident that that this coronavirus is zoonotic and that it, it's transmitted from animals to humans so these factory farms and other farms are breeding grounds for pandemics. So from a scientific standpoint, that explains, you know, what our morality, I think, tells us that like, if we're gonna be abusing, and you know, like for example, pigs are more intelligent than dogs and we can find female pigs, sows and gestation crates that are so small they can't even turn around. Or like, we've gotten a little better now, you know, some states <clears throat> allow them to just have a, a bit more space but it's, you know, it's profoundly cruel for, for animals that, you know, they're smarter than dogs, they can easily feel as much pain as dogs. So, so that's, that's the first great sin that, um, that we need to overcome if we want to continue our, our to prosper, to, to become, you know, to, um, to experience a better and better world. Um, and I've mentioned two books that, that demonstrate how much better this world is than our world was even 100 years ago or certainly 500 years ago in so many ways. So much less violence, people are living longer, people are healthier. Um, just there are so many blessings that we have today that we didn't have 
in the past, that people in the past didn't have, you know, the average life, lifespan 150 years ago was about 50. So we're living about twice as long, at least a lot of us. Um, now we're, I guess, about 80, 80 years, whatever. But, you know, so, so it's not that we've just done evil. So we, we and, and, and this, this means that we have a lot to protect. You know, we have a lot at stake. So, all right, so, you know, our mistreatment of animals is, is one um, example. Another example is abortion. And this is, this is complicated because like, yes, I, th I think it's wrong. I think it's wrong to end the lives of as many people each year as die of every other cause combined, um, 50 to 60 million abortions every year. That's about as many people as die every year on this planet. And I just wanna warn you about um, Republicans because um, yes, they are, they're, you know, they've made it um, a priority to, to overturn Roe v. Wade, as if that's the answer. But you know what I just realized recently. I didn't, you know, I didn't pay, I guess, enough attention to this. But Roe v. Wade would just transfer the abortion issue to the states, and 21 of the 50 states will probably continue to allow abortions. So that means that people in, in states that don't allow it after Roe v. Wade gets, Wade gets overturned will just go a state or two or three over to get their abortions there. Now, you know, with abortion, like for decades, I was, I was thinking to myself, well, you know, maybe it's kinder. Maybe it's kinder to not have children born into this world. I mean, in the Talmud, the Jewish book of, um, that basically tries to understand the Bible, um, there was one school of thought that said, well, it, would, it probably would have been better if we would not have been born into this world. You know, and that's, that's an accepted viewpoint. In other words, like, because from that perspective, we would ne never have experienced this, this, this descent. You know, we, we'd be with God and, and presumably a much more holy, spiritual, righteous um, manifestation. So that was my, my view on abortion for decades. But now I'm just thinking that, you know, it's, it can't be right. It can't be right to, to end lives because basically, you know, I mean, like, let's say, let's say I'm wrong about the future. Let's say this is it. You know, you, we have like our 80 years, whatever, and that's it. So it doesn't seem right to deprive um, so many people of their chance at, at living. Um, again, I have to warn you about the Republicans because um, I don't believe they're that virtuous or that intelligent, they reject science. And that's, um, that's a major problem because, for example, one of the things that the Supreme Court under Republicans has done is that it's basically handed our country to corporations and the rich. And, you know, like us, they're not infallible. They make mistakes and they're selfish and greedy. You know, we're all, we all struggle with that. But you know, to hand a government over to corporations whose, whose primary fiduciary responsibility is not to the country or to the world even, but to their shareholders, is a recipe for disaster as we're experiencing with climate change. You know, um, this pandemic may actually be our punishment, not just for how we treat these animals and how we abort so many lives every year, but how we're bequeathing our um, children and grandchildren, great-grandchildren, an increasingly menacing, threatening, you know, punishing future. 
you know, these wildfires are due to global warming, which is a manifestation of climate change. Uh, we have more hurricanes each year. Again, we're, we're running out of letters this year and they, they wreak a lot of havoc. And, and I think, you know, it's sort of like not, not re relative to animals, but like the hotter this gets, there's some diseases that are mosquito borne and they're generally relegated to certain areas of the tropics. But as, as the entire climate warms, these mosquitoes are, are migrating to the northern regions. For, for example, here in Westchester, New York, we've had cases of West Nile virus. So again, I need to warn you about the Republican Party that um, to, to deny science, to, uh, to not respect science, um, to favor the rich and powerful, their right to, to make as much money as they can over the welfare and rights of, of not just us today, but future generations is just really wrong. You know, it's just, this, you know, and so basically, you know, and I say that because they, you know, they are on the right side of this abortion issue, but I have a feeling that they've done that over the last several decades to have evangelicals and um, fundamentalist Christians back them. You know, it's been a political move. I don't, I don't believe it's been um, all that sincere with a lot of them. Um, and the last, um, have we gone through all four, I guess? Um, pandemic, oh, <laughs> this is what got me started. Um, yeah, I might as well talk about this. Back in, um, yeah, yeah, I should end with this. Um, back in, two, in 1984, an idea came to me, naturally from God, that, um, that the money, you know, that people use to, uh, to control our government is money that they earn by selling us products. So that I, an idea came to me that we should actually compete with these corporations. And rather than, you know, buying politicians and rather than using that money just to become richer and richer at the expense of whatever or whomever, we should channel that money toward what needs to be done. So it's an idea that I called, initially I called humanitarian capitalism. And actually there was a, there was a term I used before that um, world hunger for profit companies. Basically the initial plan was to, to use this system to, to end world hunger. And, and briefly, as briefly as I can, rather, you, you go to a supermarket and you buy a product and rather than the profits going to, to shareholders, 100% of the profit goes to ending global poverty. That was, that was the point. And, um, and then I think soon after I began to tell people this, and people told me, well, you know, Paul Newman is already doing this. You know, he, he wasn't doing it for any altruistic reason. He just, he needed to, needed to give his money away because he wanted to market his salad dressing. And, uh, and his marketer said, well, you know, you, you have to have your, your name, your image on the label of these products. And he said, well, if I'm going to do that, then I need to give away the, away the profits. So he felt it was just too, too cheesy to just like, you know, to make money in that way. And so anyway, but he, his company, Newman's Own, demonstrated that, that you can survive and thrive as a company donating 100% of your profits to charity. So um, he's been in existence again since 1984 and he's donated, his company's donated over half a billion dollars to countless th uh, charities, thousands of them. And so, so yeah, imagine if, if we had, um, 
thousands of these companies springing up everywhere. And, you know, the way I described it is like, I actually retooled the concept in 2015 um, as climate rescue capitalism, basically using it not for world hunger or not for just so many other causes, because this could be used for any cause that's for the public good, but to specifically um, fight climate change. You can find that book on Amazon. Uh, it goes into a lot of details that I'm not mentioning now. So, um, so yeah, um, I guess maybe, maybe I should end this series by, by just presenting the thought to you that um, without money in politics, without the rich and corporations running our governments, we will be able to uh, do what's right. You know, politicians will, will be able to say what's on their mind, on their conscience, rather than having to please their, their contributors, you know, the financiers of their campaign. And, and that seems to be our only way of, 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 you know, getting money out of politics. I'm not saying that we have to create these profit donating, you know, businesses, these climate rescue capitalism businesses, that may not be necessary. Just getting money out of politics is the, uh, is the thing we need to do. All right, but I just want to shift back to, um, to God. Um, God seems to be drawing us closer to him because it's happened for me, you know, this coronavirus, you know, I'm talking to God again every day and, and, I, and I'm so, so thankful for it because like, you know, back in, in the mid eighties, at the same time, this idea came to me about you know, these kinds of companies. I was practicing Orthodox Judaism and I had, you know, this God consciousness on my mind all the time and it felt wonderful. It felt like that I was really in tune with, with life at its, at its highest manifestation. So, um, so, you know, with me, I think, and it's, it's drawing, you know, I imagine many of us are praying a lot more and are getting closer to God because that's what we tend to do when we're, we're scared, when we're, when we're suffering. So, so I hope that um, I predict, I, I expect that God is doing this just like a, a parent will punish their children, not to hurt their children, but to teach their children a better way to prevent their children from experiencing greater suffering and pain in the future. So I think we need to look at this pandemic under that um, perspective. And um, now, you know, I don't, never know what God is going to have me doing next. Um, I may begin to, another, to do another series. Um, I think God wants me to, to, you know, I have these meetup um, rooms, you know, one on happiness, another on free will. We would debate whether it exists or not. And um, I used to like run these in New York City and here in White Plains, you know, as live events, but haven't been doing that. And I was doing that for a while on Zoom. I may return to that. Um, but I, I definitely, you know, want to continue just getting closer and closer to God by talking to him and imploring to God that God end this pandemic because it's really in his power. All right. Well, I hope, I hope you've enjoyed the series. Um, again, all the episodes are on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify. And, um, and I hope this will inspire you to look more into what I've been talking about, how, how the way to, the only way really to, to be free of future pandemics is to end the farming of animals and either to become all vegan or, or 
uh, in the absence of that, um, develop cellular agriculture fast track. It. All right, thanks for watching and God bless you.